Okay, Bus Bench Babes, a question that I get very, very, very regularly is, Beth, do you think the market's going to crash and is now a good time to buy a house? (laughs) Those are the two questions I get all the time. Let's dive into why I think it is a good time to buy a house and why I think the market isn't going to crash. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Hey, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode. Let's talk all about the market. Seriously, this is probably the hottest question that I get and that our team gets is, is the market going to crash and is now a good time to buy a house? And I know if you're a real estate agent listening to this, that you would be rich if you had a dollar, a dollar for every time you're getting this question as well. It is the topic that's on everybody's brain. And, you know, if you listen to the news and you listen to the media, it would have you believing that the sky is literally falling. And like, that's just really not the case. So let's dive in and talk about some things that are actually happening in the real estate world, shall we? So the chief economist at First American basically said, this is not the same market as what we saw in 2008. He said, it is no secret that the housing market played a central role in the Great Recession, but this market is fundamentally different in so many ways. So let's talk about why and how this market is different than 07, 08. Um, First of all, they put so many strict mortgage restrictions in place. Um, Back in the day, I was in the mortgage business. I think we've talked about this on previous episodes. There was what was called stated loans. So you would call your loan officer and you would say, Yep. And this was, you could have decent credit, but this was a more ideal program if you had good credit. And let's say you had a sales job and, you know, your income was pretty sporadic and maybe you made good money, maybe not, who knows. But like, it's kind of worked for anything. You didn't even have to, let's, let's retract that. You didn't even have to be in sales to be able to use a loan like this, but you would basically tell your loan officer how much money you make a month and it could be whatever number you wanted. And so there was a lot of people that worked a job that let's say they made like $50,000 a year, but they would tell their loan officer they made like $100,000 a year. And people were for qualifying for homes that they had absolutely no right qualifying for because they simply did not make the money to make the monthly payment. So that was super crazy. Things like that. Um, you could have like super, super low credit scores. You didn't really have to have any income. You didn't have to have any assets. 
you didn't really have to have anything. You barely, I joke and say, all you had to have was a pulse back in the day. Or you're like, oh, yep, you've got a pulse. I can give you a home loan. And like, there were so many times when I was doing loans that I'm like, I, in, in my good conscience for me to be able to lay my head on my pillow every night and go to sleep with a clean conscience, I'm like, I can't put people in loans that I know full well, they have no ability to repay. And so I, I've had friends and I, like we would have conversations and I would say my, my conscience is getting in the way of my paycheck because there's all these people that are doing really like loan officers and banks and whatnot doing really shady mortgage practices. And they don't even think twice about it. And they're making like a gazillion dollars a year. And those were the people that foreclosed on loans is a lot of those borrowers that got into these loans that they they didn't have the financial ability to repay them. So we don't have any of that in place right now. Like none of that. You you have to actually have good credit. You have to show proof of everything. Income, assets, taxes, investment statements. If you've gotten a loan or you refinanced or anything recently, you'll know that it is not it's not easy. It's not like the good old days where basically all you had to do was have a pulse um, and you could fog up. You could fog up a mirror. You can get a loan. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things and biggest key uh, safety measures in place is that it is not easy to get a loan. And there are so many safe measures in place that will prevent the mortgage business from having the bottom fall out of it again. The other big thing is, is that we are still in a major supply and demand offset. The demand is still strong, even though interest rates rose like June-ish, interest rates went up. Unless you've been living under a rock, you already already know this information. And then they ticked back down, but they're still up considerably from where they were at the beginning of the year. So that has cooled some buyers. Some buyers are just like, I'm just going to take a pause right now and figure out, you know, like how much we can afford now, or maybe we're just going to wait for a while. We still have the lowest amount of inventory that we've had in kind of the history of real estate. So the number is ticking up slowly. We're getting a little bit more inventory, but it's still a huge offset from what it should be. And when you're looking at months of inventory numbers across the country and here locally in Minneapolis and the Twin Cities area, Um, in order to have a balanced real estate market, we need to have five to six months worth of inventory for sale. And across the country as a whole, we have about two and a half months worth of inventory. And in most neighborhoods in the Twin Cities, we're at about two months worth of inventory or slightly under two months worth of inventory. So until that number gets up, you know, more than double what it is right now, we aren't going to be anywhere near a balanced market. So that's good news. That's really good news for the market. It's still great news for sellers and it's still good news for buyers in that home values are still steadily climbing. So the next thing, let's talk about the pricing of homes. So the other question that I get from buyers is like, okay, so you're telling me the market isn't going to crash. So is now a good time to buy or should I wait for home prices to plummet? I'm like, well, if you're waiting for home prices to plummet, I think you're going to be waiting for a while. Rents are rising steadily. We've talked about that in other podcast episodes that rental rates across the country had gone up like somewhere between 17 and 18% on a national level. And I'm like, 
Oh my God. So like the amount that rents were appreciating is about the same as what homes were appreciating. We've seen double digit appreciation here in the Twin Cities for uh, at least the last two years, if not three. We are still, because we're still way below what that level of inventory is to have a balanced market, we're still seeing home prices appreciate. So the, you know, the, the demand has cooled off slightly, but because we are still at such low inventory, home prices are still going to appreciate. What we're likely to see in this market is see a cooling off of the prices. So instead of having double digit appreciation, it's more likely that at the end of 2022, we're going to see that the numbers average out and we're probably going to be back to a single digit appreciation. But I've heard numbers like in the 8% ballpark. So in a normal balanced market with normal levels of appreciation across the country, those numbers should be somewhere between like three to four, three to 5% appreciation every year. That means if you just live in your home, your home, and not even do any remodel projects or anything like that, you're just living in your home, living your life, your home should appreciate between like three and 5% a year. That's normal appreciation. What most homeowners have seen in the last few years is like 15%, 20%. Some parts of the country have seen even more than that. And so what this has done is a lot of sellers have seen like 10 10 years worth of appreciation jammed into the last two years. And like, while that number is super incredible and yay sellers, it also, that isn't sustainable for long-term. You don't have to be a math wizard or an economist to realize that that is not sustainable on a long-term level. 22, we're still expected to see somewhere around the 8% ballpark, which In my mind, I think that's still awesome because that is double what the national average should be in a normal appreciating year. So if you're thinking about buying a home and you've been on the fence, I think now is a great time to buy because I think home prices are going to continue to go up. And if you're worried about interest rates, there are things that you can do to get a lower interest rate. You can shop your interest rate around. You can call different lenders. Not all lenders are going to quote the exact same interest rate. I don't know that if people actually know that, but that is the truth. You can call a bunch of different lenders. It's very similar to like shopping around for when you're buying a car or if you're shopping around for car insurance or homeowner's insurance, you're like, wow, I called this guy and it was $1,000 a year to insure our house. And I called this guy and it was $800. Like it's the same thing. It's one of those things that you, I highly recommend that you shop around. Um, we have an incredible lender that we work with here on our team and he's a local guy here, but his rates are almost impossible to beat. And why is that? He works with the same lenders and banks that a lot of other brokers work with, but the fact that he offices out of his house, he has no fancy overhead. He doesn't spend an insane amount of money on radio ads and TV commercials and billboards. He's able to pass all those savings on to the consumer. And all of his businesses repeat business. And from agents like myself that love working with him because his customer service is fantastic. And he gives great rates and great fees. So why would you not go back to him? And why would you not send all your friends to him? 
But there's other things that you can do as well. You can look at instead of getting a 30-year fixed mortgage, what if you thought about getting a seven or 10-year arm? The average amount of time that someone lives in a home is between seven and 10 years. So if someone is moving every seven to 10 years, why would you not consider an arm? There's arm programs where your interest rate is fixed for either a seven-year term on a seven-year arm, or it's fixed for 10 years on a 10-year arm. And then after, then your rate adjusts usually once per year. It could go up or down, and there's usually caps on it. So there would be, for instance, if you had a seven-year arm, let's just make up an interest rate of like you had a 4.5% seven-year arm which I just pulled that number out of thin air. So don't quote me on that. But you, at the end of the seven years, your interest rate can adjust and it's usually like two points up or down. So if you had four and a half, it could go up to six and a half, but your interest rate could also go down to two and a half. So that is a good product. If you're not going to live in your home for the rest of your life and you're only planning on being there for seven to 10 years, an arm might be a product that you want to consider where you can get a lower interest rate and be able to afford more home, essentially. Another thing to consider is buying down the interest rate. A lot of people don't even know this is an option. If you want a lower interest rate, you can pay for that up front and get a lower interest rate that will be locked for the life of your loan. So there's a whole lot of things that should help you look at some creative solutions. If you're a real estate agent listening to this, you need to be educating your clients. They they're coming to us as the trusted experts and they don't know this information unless they're in the mortgage business or they're like a financial wizard. It doesn't matter. You could have someone that has 10 college degrees, but they're not doing this day in and day out like we are. They're not in the trenches every day. They don't know that there's all these options available to them. So we need to be the experts and enlighten our clients on what you can do to get a lower interest rate. The phrase that I've seen so much recently, and it just makes me laugh, but it also is just, it's so true. And the phrase says, marry the home, date the rate. So with home prices continuing to appreciate and like 8% a year, holy cow. um, If you wait to buy a home until you think like some magical something is going to happen in the future, you just might not be able to afford the home that you want next year if you wait. If homes continue to go up, even if they're going up, you know, a more conservative number, five, six, eight percent a year versus like the 15 percent a year that we've seen for the last few years, even if they're going up that amount every year, at some point you are going to be priced out of the market. Or you have to all of a sudden come into like a windfall of money and be making a lot more money at your job. Or you're going to have to adjust your expectation and buy a lower priced home than what you were originally hoping to buy. So interest rates, they're always changing. Like rate sheets from the lenders can change throughout the day. So get into the home that you love. Get in there with a payment that makes you feel comfortable. And then when interest rates change, and drop again, you can refinance. That's super easy to do. And there's ways to refinance and have like low cost refinancing options. All lenders offer them. You just have to ask. So then the next question that comes up, if I sell my home today, where am I going to go? Like, what is the, what does that look like? So home, we talked about the amount of inventory is increasing slightly around the country. 
and it's been steadily increasing since the beginning of the year. But like when we're saying steadily increase, so a national number in January, on a national level, we had about 1.6 months worth of inventory. So that's still like really, really considerably low. But in May, um, the realtor.com stat is telling us that we bumped up to 2.6 months worth of inventory. So we gained about a month's worth of inventory. But remember what I said at the beginning of the show, in order to have a balanced market, we have to have five to six months worth of inventory. So at 2.6, we are sitting way, way, way under that balanced market. And so that means we're still in a strong seller's market. So sellers are still seeing top dollar. Sellers are still getting multiple offers on some properties. If you live in a really hot school district here in Minneapolis, for instance, or in the Twin Cities, if you live in an awesome school district, if you have a one level home, if you have a mid-century modern, if you have a home that's really beautifully remodeled, like there's a lot of things that are making a house go into multiple offers. But if you have just sort of uh, you know, kind of an average home and it doesn't show that great, or there's some deferred maintenance, or you're really unrealistic about what you're hoping to get for your home as a sales price. And you're not pricing, um, accurately with what's happening in the market today. You're most likely going to sit on the market. It's just, it's happening. And ugly homes and mediocre homes are really making the awesome homes sell even faster for more money. So I put a video out last week and I'm like, don't be an ugly house. Don't be the mediocre house. You want to you want to be the good house. That's like the pace car. But other things to think about is with new construction, you can get new construction home if you have the ability to have a little bit of time on your side and have the luxury of time and you're able to potentially like stay in your current house or sell your current house and have some sort of temporary solution. I've had a lot of clients last few years with, you know, kind of like young families and they're like, okay, we're going to suck it up and move in with the in-laws. We're taking the kids and the dogs and we're moving our in-laws basement so we can sell our house for top dollar. And then we can build our dream house. There's a lot more months of inventory of new construction. And the thing that I'm seeing is that builders are getting a little bit nervous. I'm seeing them offer a lot of really awesome specials. I was at Lennar today. Lennar is the largest builder in the country. And they're offering some really awesome incentives for buyers. They're offering with good credit, um, interest rates under 5%, which, hello, that's awesome. And which basically means that if you use Lennar's lender, so they have their own in-house lender and title company. So what this essentially means is that if you use Lennar's title company and lender, they are paying for your buy down on your interest rate. And they're giving you a really nice cream puff um, interest rate, which you have for the life of your loan on a 30-year fixed loan, which is fabulous because the lower your interest rate, the more home you can afford. And then they're also offering a lot of really fabulous closing cost incentives. So builders, I like of all the big national builders here in the Twin Cities are starting to roll out promotions. I'm getting the emails. They're coming in my inbox every week. Um, like here, come and check out. We have move-in inventory. And now we're seeing slightly less like supply chain issues. So we're seeing homes, um, builders models that have been, or homes that have been sitting there, like maybe they were waiting for windows or maybe they're waiting for, 
I don't know, whatever the shortage is of the day, it's been changing so much during COVID. You can hardly, you can hardly stay on top of it, but you know, for a while there's a shortage on windows and then there was issues with getting paint, um, the chips in the refrigerators, you know, like the little chip that goes into like the motherboard of the refrigerators. Um, what else? Getting plumbers on site. I know there's been some communities. They're like, we have, we're so backed up. We have everything ready to go, but we can't move on to the next phase until the plumbers finish. I mean, literally if you're just, if you're a young guy or you're thinking about changing careers, think about becoming a plumber or electrician because these guys are naming their price right now and they're getting it because they're so in demand. But there's there's more inventory of new homes and incentives like crazy. So the moral of the story is I don't see like none of the economists that I follow, real estate, mortgage, any of them are saying that we're going to see we're going to see a crash. That's just not what's predicted to happen. Um, we are seeing a shift. Things have definitely shifted in the last month. And these are things that if you're a buyer or seller listening to this, reach out to your agent. Like this is, this is what you're paying them for is to be the knowledge person and to keep you up to date on all this information. And if you're a real estate agent listening to this, this is all the stuff that you need to know. You need to be staying on top of like what's happening, what's happening on a macro level nationwide, and also what's happening on a micro level in your city, in your specific town, in your niche where you work. This is what we get paid for, folks. We have to be the knowledge broker. We have to solve the problems. Like what are the problems? Buyers are worried that home prices are going to drop and they're going to buy a house that's going to be worth $100,000 less next year. You need to be the person that provides them with all the information where they feel comfortable to be able to make a decision and buy a home with confidence that they're making a good investment and they're making a sound investment for their family and their financial future. So if it's not us, where are they going to get this information? They're going to go to an agent that will provide the information. And I want that to be you. So I hope this episode is going to shed a little bit of light, give you some talking points with your clients. And you need to dig in, dig into what's happening in your local market. And you need to be able to have your little elevator pitch. Like when someone asks you, hey, Susan, what do you think's happening with the market? Or like, do you expect the market to crash or is now a good time to buy a house? You need to be able to have some really solid talking points that are actual stats and information that is going to give someone the information to be like, yep, now is a good time to buy or nope, maybe we're going to wait a little bit more. So I hope this helped. Reach out, DM, um, shoot, shoot me a message. I would love to chat anything, real estate design, you know me, I'm an open book. I would love to chat with you anytime. So I hope you learned something from this episode. And I hope this episode just calms your anxiety and fear about the market or what could potentially happen or what might happen or might not happen. And I hope this gives you peace of mind to really make a good decision about your real estate future. So until next time, bus bench babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being a badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, 
head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here. 